Our guest today is a UX trailblazer. With her years of shaping world-class experiences for major companies, she's an undisputed leader in human-centered design. As principal UX designer, she heads up product research and oversees all design implementations for leading analytics platform. She's also helped transform legacy systems into intuitive user-friendly designs that drive business results. Her passion is use uh, is using design thinking to create experiences people love, whether it's hosting cross-functional workshops or mentoring new designers. She lives and breathes UX. She is a creative visionary, a pragmatic problem solver, and above all else, a champion for the people who use the products that we build. And I'm thrilled to welcome to our show today, Gotten Minutes, Janisa Simmons, who is the principal UX designer at Seek Corporation. Janisa, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for that wonderful intro. I yeah, am no honored. <laughs> I feel so great. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so so let's get right into it. Uh, how did you first get into U UX design? And um, is this something you've always like dreamed of doing? No, <laughs> no, not at all. So I started out in graphic design. So my degree is in graphic design and um, I quickly got into web design, but back then they did not call it UX design. It wasn't mm -hmm. something that was a uh, common, common terminology. So it was webmaster or web designer, web developer, things like that. And so I had no idea this, what this concept of UX design was, but so I started out as a web designer or webmaster at Georgetown University. And as I started to educate myself a little more, I started to learn at the University of Baltimore. I got a graduate certificate there. And then when I went on to my next job after Georgetown, that's when I really started to understand UX concepts and what it was and things like that. And so it's kind of a combination of going to that second job as well as combining what I was learning from the graduate certificate program. And that's when I started to really understand what UX was. Mm -hmm. But I will say it is an evolution from where I started out, which was graphic design, but it's just, you know, to a different level, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, how, what has your career journey looked like uh, up until now? And like, what were like some of the big surprises along the way? I can't necessarily say that there were big surprises. I can just say that there was progression. So when I started out as a webmaster, you know, I was just, you know, there to, you know, do some HTML, CSS, broadcast emails, things like that. And then it progressed more uh, when I started to learn about user experience design into task flow diagrams, really thinking about the user, conducting uh, focus group sessions and things like that. And then it progressed even more to those deeper interaction designs when I moved on to the next position and really thinking about not just the happy path, but the, the you know, what if the person clicks on this instead of that? And, you know, that thing, thinking about all of the different possibilities and, you know, making sure that I account for that and then starting to get into the leadership and bringing UX practices to uh, organizations. And so, Honestly, for me, it's been more of a progression rather than a surprise. Mm, I love that. And and what do you enjoy most about your work at Seek? I have the best job. <laughs> I strongly believe I have the best job. But um, what I enjoy the most is 
being able to talk to people, to understand people, to understand our users and what their pain points are. I enjoy the sessions that I have that I'm able to host or be a part of because they're fun. <laughs> they're fun, even though it's challenging because you're trying to understand what people's pain points are and things like that. You're trying to learn it's fun because it's interactive and you get the chance to put a design in front of a person. They get the chance to click around. You know, it's a difference between sitting in a session and someone is demoing something to you and showing you how the thing is supposed to work, whatever that thing is, then you actually being able to click around and play with it and, you know, really give your candid feedback and your insights. And so, you know, what I like to think about is that, you know, the, the, the software, and the products that I work on, they're a part of people's lives every single day. And it helps them to do their job, to do their work, to be the awesome professionals that they are. And so when they get the chance to really sit down and say, hey, you know, I like the software, but uh, this can be improved. Or that's a cool new feature that we've been thinking about. I would love to be the first one to test it out. You know, those things matter to our users because now they're, they're, they're becoming a part of the process. So my sessions are fun <laughs> and I enjoy them and I enjoy the fascinating things that I learned from our users and, you know, being able to follow up and being able to talk to them. And I also enjoy the sessions that I get to lead across my organization as well. So that's, that's the best part. The best oh, job. <laughs> I gotta say, I love your energy. I, I can just imagine based on like the energy and feeling, I can just imagine like how like cool one of those sessions are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, that's one of my superpowers, probably. But yes, I am passionate about everything that I do. So yes, absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. And then so what's like a, a typical day for you uh, in your current role? Let's just walk us through like what your day looks like. Yeah, okay. Um. So I work from home, which is nice. <laughs> I get to work from home. And um, our day generally kind of begins around uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, which is 8 a.m. Pacific time. And so prior to that 11 a.m., generally that's when our first meetings begin and things like that. So um, prior to that, you know, I will get up and start, you know, just thinking about what my day is. I'm looking at my calendar. Um, there are some times where I may have sessions or meetings earlier in that day, but a lot of times I'll use that as kind of like my me time to get ready for my day. I may work on a prototype early in the morning, things like that. And then um, my first meeting, actually, one of the coolest things we do at my company, even though I haven't been able to be a part of it as much as I used to, is that at 11 o'clock a.m., we start our day off with a show and tell. And so basically, it rotates. Different people in the organization get the opportunity to share whatever they want. It could be about anything. And we have some amazing people in my job. So, you know, like one of my, my favorite coworkers <laughs> skydives, you know, and then someone showed us uh, about how when they were younger, they used to ride these unicycles and you have people that are pilots and, you know, people that are great cooks and all types of stuff. So anyway, our day generally starts out with something fun, which is a show and tell. And that's just a 15 minute meeting. And then after that, then it's my stand up meeting. And so in the stand up meeting, it's pretty much, um, you know, what am I working on? If there are any blockers, it's also a good time to collaborate with other folks that's on the team um, and, you know, really actually get that day started. 
And then um, from there, uh, it could be various things that will happen in my day. So I may have uh, usability sessions that are set up throughout the day. I may uh, have a block of time where I'm just working on a design um, or I may have some uh, collaboration meeting with either the product managers or um, our head of product, you know, things like that. So it, it, it varies, but um, that's generally kind of how my day starts and then, you know, planning out, uh, I guess, activities for the rest of the day. And and what has been your, your proudest uh, accomplishment so far or... Um, your most rewarding um, project or, or or thing that you've worked on so far? Okay. Um, so recently, we worked on this project, which we call notifications. And so notifications, it sounds really simple, right? We get notifications on our phone about, you know, somebody pet tagged us on Facebook, whatever, right? Well, in our application, our application uh, provides advanced analytics for of process manufacturing data. And so just as complicated as it may sound, it's, just, it's as complicated as it is. And so um, if you think about it, what's happening in our application is that we have um, our primary user, our, uh, our process engineers, and they're monitoring equipment. And they want to make sure that the, you know, they want to monitor the health of the equipment. They want to be alerted when something is not you know, going well. And so um, just for lack of a uh, complex, <laughs> lack of a complex uh, scenario, um, my favorite scenario is I'm monitoring this piece of equipment and I want to know when the temperature is above 90 because once the temperature is above 90, you know, that's a problem. It's something catastrophic can possibly happen, right? And so what was happening in our system at the time was that we had, the we had the ability for them to come in and view the visualizations that let them know that you know yesterday it was above 90 the day before you know whatever those uh what we call our capsules those particular period of times in which that condition is met however we didn't have a way to send out that notification to the individuals or whoever the interested parties, the process engineers, or maybe their managers, or maybe some other interested parties. So those notifications itself sounds like a simple, you know, thing. You know, we I had to figure out ways in which it would be intuitive for people to set up the notifications. Um, how, uh, what method was the best method for them to receive the notifications? What are they expecting? You know, what type of things do they want to receive notifications on? The frequency of the notification. And, you know, also think about the different users involved. You know, so we thought about the, the person setting up the notification, you know, any person who has access to the system. What does it look like for the admin, you know, who has, you know, powers <laughs> to see what everybody else is doing inside of the system as well as someone like you you know I could tag you on a notification and you'll receive the notification but you don't have access to the system so what does that look like for you and so it's a simple concept but you really have to think about all of the touch points in the system and that was you know a lot of fun being able to think about that because I was able to take an entire end-to-end approach um was starting out with just talking to people about what it is that they are expecting doing surveys um having those different those interviews and then moving into um where moving into where I 
was presenting lower fidelity mock-ups, lower fidelity prototypes and getting feedback on that and then handing that over to developers and still getting more feedback once it was developed, you know? So it was really an end-to-end process that I worked very closely with the product manager on. And on top of that, I worked, I was able to have a lot of touch points in between with developers, with other interested parties in the organizations, of course, with users. So honestly, if you were interested in it, there was a place for you. I had to kind of orchestrate all of that. But, you know, I definitely am excited about that project. It was one of them at the time, it was one of the most requested features that we had. And so to be able to really work at that, see it, you know, come in to being, <laughs> And um, also to continue to iterate and work on it after the fact, because to me, you know, most projects are never really in. (laughs) They just evolve over time. They get better and better and better and people use it in different ways. And then they have, you know, more features that they're asking for. So that is probably my pride and joy. So what are some of the tools that you could not live without as a, a, a UX for UX design work? Okay, this is a good question (laughs) because the number one tool right now is Figma, right? But I actually don't use Figma that much. Um, I use a tool that's called Justin Mind, J-U-S-T-I-N-M-I-N-D. And it's so sad that most people don't know about it, but I use that tool because first of all, I was using it before Figma came around, but Justin Mind allows for very robust and very robust interactions. So to be honest with you, some of the things that you do in Figma, where you have to, you know, have so many different screens and layers and things like that, and just in mind, you could do it just like that. And so then it allows you to focus on those more advanced interactions. So actually, that's like my favorite design tool. So if I ever have the opportunity to choose which tool I'll use, that will be the tool that I use. I do use Figma a a little bit. So they're like, if I'm just trying to have, you know, give a concept really quickly or, you know, just whip up something really fast or work in a space where multiple people need to collaborate together, I will probably start out with Figma, but I generally will end up bringing it if it, you know, if it becomes a more robust uh, project, I would generally bring it into just in mind because it allows for those advanced interactions. So that's my main tool that I like to use for designing, of course, for collaboration, Honestly, I can use Mural or Miro. Either one is fine for me. Um, And then we have, you know, other tools such as Slack for communications and uh, Confluence and things like that. Those are pretty much the standard tools. But um, yeah, I think that's that's what I would say. Oh, nice. Since we're talking about like products as well, I'm kind of interested to see what your thoughts are on like, the, the trends currently in the UX industry um, and what trends are you most excited about and what do you, what, what things do you look forward to um, seeing um, happening in the industry itself? So the biggest thing that's trending right now is AI, right? Chat GPT. <laughs> We're actually working on something right now that in- incorporates that. Um, I'm not going to say too much about that. Um, so that is something that is really trending right now. The, the GPT, um, AI assistant and things like that. So I think it's exciting. I think it's really, really exciting. I think that, um, you know, there are a lot of possibilities with it. 
I think there are, I think you could potentially get into a space where you're trying to use something that is trendy, but you need to make sure that you're solving a problem for a user. The, the GPT is a solution, but what's the problem? And mm. so you want to make sure that you're addressing the problem before you just jump into a solution, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's my thoughts. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's my thoughts. I, I completely agree. Um, a lot of times like people follow trends, you know, and they don't really know why they're following the trends. But you need to have a clear like why, you know, so I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you do to stay inspired? Like you're, you're a very high energy person. I can feel the energy through the screen. <laughs> um, what do you do to, to keep inspired? And like, if you do ever feel burnt out, like what are the things you do to, to recharge? So to stay inspired, uh, one of the biggest things I do is, um, listen to people who are inspiring. <laughs> so mm -hmm. one of the main persons that I'm listening to right now is Jared Spool. He mm -hmm. does a, uh, he has this whole group of called Leaders of Awesomeness. And every Monday uh, he does, uh, he has uh, UX sessions and it's various topics. And then every so often he does intensives. So he has another intensive that's coming up in October. That guy is so inspiring. <laughs> so there's times where I'm like, I'm going to listen to Jerry Swoop today. And, you know, he's just very, very inspiring so i definitely enjoy listening to his conversations and the things that he's talking about he's taking ux leadership to a whole different level and it, it, it's, it's it's interesting to me because he's so radical and i just really enjoy uh i enjoy that um those conversations that i'm a part of when i join his uh weekly sessions so that's probably the number one thing that i do to stay inspired also i used to listen to michael locke a lot i think his last name is spelled l-o-c-k-e um but you know he was doing youtube videos a long time ago so he was kind of like my first inspiration i will wa watch him all the time on youtube so he's really great but i also think outside of just work and outside of specific specifically thinking about ux inspiration i also think that it's important that you have in my opinion in my opinion, I think it's important to have some type of creative outlet. And so mm. I am a very creative person just in general. I do all types of stuff. So sometimes it changes. But, you know, I play clarinet. You know, so sometimes I just pick up my instrument and play. Um, sometimes I decide to paint a picture. Also getting involved in your community. That is very inspiring as well. Um, so I, you know, I definitely agree with volunteering. So I do a lot of volunteering at my church. So dancing, <laughs> theater, you know, I could do all of those things. I can't do them all at one time, but I do a lot. So I think um, having some type of creative outlet is extremely important and uh, volunteering and giving back. And then also looking to the folks who are inspiring to you. I love that. Uh, what are, what's some advice you have for uh, anyone who is looking to get into this field? Uh, anyone like come transitioning from college or from a different role, fresh into UX design? What, what would be your advice to them? Number one, I would say practice. I think practice is extremely important. If there's something that you want to learn how to do, figure out how to do it. So I would say practice. Practice is extremely important. If it's something that you want to learn how to do, figure out how to do it. Um, I remember my earlier years when I was learning graphic design, I would see a poster and I'll say, oh, 
I wonder how to do that. I'm going to go home and try to figure it out. So practice, 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 practice. I would say also study. So maybe find a class to get a, to become a part of. Listen to the feedback that you get. <laughs> Don't take the feedback personally. I think that's a really big one. Uh, and that's hard when you start designing or doing anything creative because it's your baby and mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. feel you love it and you spent 10 hours last night working on it and mm -hmm. you know it still has to solve a problem and so definitely pay attention to the feedback listen to the feedback that you get and then just continue to iterate and improve the best part about ux is that you don't have to be perfect and you need to understand that you don't have to be perfect but what's really important is that you take in feedback you iterate and you make it better and you make it better mm. and you make it better. Uh, I love that. What are some tips that you would give when you're conducting user research that provides like really, really insightful, genuinely valuable insights? First, you need to separate yourself from the product. Separate your input, <laughs> like whatever role you are, whether you're the product manager, whether you're the designer, the developer, Whatever your role is, you need to separate yourself and really take the time to put yourself in the mind of the users. So your goal in a user, a usability research session is not to sell them on whatever that product is or whatever that design is. Your goal is really to learn from them. And so you want to separate yourself from that so it's challenging to get to that point where you can do that but you want to separate yourself from it and so as you're conducting your sessions you want to make people feel comfortable you want to make them feel open and able mm. to give honest feedback and so sometimes I say things like oh you're perfect today you know don't worry <laughs> you're not gonna hurt my feelings I always say that to people because it lets them know that it's not really about me it's really about them. It's really about them. So that's really important is that you make people feel, uh, you separate yourself from the pro product and you make your users feel comfortable. You give them a space in which they can be free and be open to give uh, candid feedback. If something goes wrong, either in your design or your prototype or whatever it is, maybe you come across a bug, you don't want to get so caught up in, oh, wait, that doesn't work. Or, oh, go click here or go do that. You know, you don't want to like get into that mode. What you want to do is say, what did you expect to happen? How do you expect that to work? Because what happens is once you start trying to defend your design and just defend your prototype, what will happen is you're, you're kind of starting to make it about you and the work rather than about the person and what their expectations are. You still can get so much out of it. And so you don't want to be so nervous about it that you 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 miss those opportunities for learning from them. If I had to say three things, I think those would be the three things. Like hit the nail on the head. Like it's it's perfect. Like when it comes on to just really not trying to defend your your designs yeah. that much. Just really trying to make it about learning, you know. And I think that's one thing that's like missing from the industry as well. People can just like want to get to the results very quickly and not yeah. like um, learn as much as possible so like that's that's perfect and uh yeah um pretty much uh ask everyone who comes on the show this one question and uh the question is what's one weakness that you've turned into your strength 
So earlier in my career, so when I worked at Georgetown, when it came to the interface copy, I really didn't have to worry about that that much. There mm-hmm. was a team that was an amazing team. <laughs> they were like an editorial team. They they made sure that all of the the language with Georgetown was consistent and it was consistent throughout the website, throughout the emails and everything. And so I didn't have to worry about that part that much. And then when I moved on to the next job, I remember making a comment to a manager and, you know, maybe I was frustrated about something. I was like, I don't care what this is. Someone needs to just tell me what it says and what it's supposed to say. You know, I'll put it on the page. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care what it is. And he said, hmm. He said, but you should care about it. You really should care about what the the interface copy is. And that challenged me because, you know, at that moment, you know, I was thinking that my job was mainly to just design, make sure it looked good. And I actually had to do HTML and CSS at that job as well. And so, um, you know, I was just focusing on that part of it, but I wasn't thinking about how important the interface copy mattered, how much it mattered to the users and that that wasn't my job to focus on that. And so now here we are many years later, I <laughs> I actually care so much about the interface copy. And so it's something that I definitely pay attention to. It's something that I write sometimes, um, making sure that I pay attention to it, even in my prototypes because sometimes we'll tend to just say you know lorem ipsum blah 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 but you know the copy matters it matters how a person feels when they're interacting with your uh your web application it matters if they can understand the instructions it matters if the button says okay or done like all of those things really matter to the users and their entire experience with interacting with your inter- with your um, application and so now it's something that i really care about and i am really passionate about i would say that would be something that i t- was a weakness and uh now you probably wouldn't even know <laughs> Jadisa, it was such a pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, it was thank you, thank you for joining us on Got Ten Minutes. All right, thank you so much for having me. And who knows, maybe I'll be back another day. And where can our listeners find you if they want to engage? So I have a website, JanisaDesigns.com. I am on LinkedIn. Uh, you can say Janisa Designs on there as well. And I just started a little TikTok. <laughs> this is Janisa Designs. <laughs> Oh, YouTube, my YouTube page is Janisa Designs. So I try to be consistent. Perfect. So everyone go follow Janisa and all these platforms. And thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch, please follow us on LinkedIn or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now for more episodes. Take care.